Welcome to Global View. Disclaimer. The views, information or opinions expressed during the series are solely those of the guests. The host and producer of the show are not responsible for them. Now to the episode. With Britain exiting the European Union, one of the traditional routes into the European Union for Indian companies has changed. Malta is looking to become that base for Indian companies who wish to access the European Union markets. But what is Malta offering? They do have a golden visa scheme, but I'm going to talk with the High Commissioner of Malta to India, Ruben Gauci, to find out where exactly the opportunities lie and what is changing. Welcome, High Commissioner. Thank you very much. You have uh, been trying to attract more Indian business uh, to set up shop in Malta, especially after Brexit, because you want to now uh, use the traditional ties uh, with India, um, also the fact that you're an English-speaking population, uh, to make them comfortable to set up base there for the European Union. And one of the schemes you have is the Golden Visa Scheme for high-net uh, individuals to actually settle there uh, on a permanent residency basis to operate business. But a lot of things are changing. The European Union is now re-looking at these schemes and trying to streamline them. And perhaps uh, uh, there will be changes to them. But before we go into all the details of these schemes, give me a quick uh, overview as to what you are looking at uh, by way of incentives for Indian business to set up shop there. Thank you very much for your invitation. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to speak to you. Uh, and it's a real pleasure to speak about the ties between Malta and India, but not mainly about the past, but about the future. And uh, your question is all based on the future. Uh, so we can go back to when we got independence, uh, when we were under the British, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's the past which joins us. Uh, incidentally, uh, this year I am also planning to make an exhibition comparing Indian independence and Maltese achievement on the, of independence, both uh, fr from the British. But let's speak about the future. Um, first of all, uh, to be very, very honest with you, uh, my country wasn't happy uh, that uh, Britain uh, is leaving and now left uh, the European Union. Uh, due to our ties uh, with the UK, uh, we were very, very happy to be in the same union with them. So, uh, unfortunately, I would say, uh, Britain left uh, the European Union. That is my first, that's the first thing which I would like to say. Now, obviously, uh, talking about using Malta as a hub for Europe, uh, for India, which most possibly before, uh, before Brexit, the UK was uh, the best hub uh, for, for, for Indian companies uh, through Europe. Now, obviously, there is the size difference, uh, this, uh, the size difference between uh, Malta and, uh, and the UK. We, we cannot cater for uh, such large amounts, as I'm sure the, the UK was catering uh, for Indian companies to enter the European Union. Nonetheless, as you rightly, very rightly pointed out, uh, you know, we are an English speaking country. In fact, English is a, an official language in Malta. 
we have our Maltese language, which is also official, uh, but we English is the second language and also an official language. So that makes it easy uh, as far as communication for, first of all, logistically, because as you pointed out, everybody uh, speaks English in Malta. Uh, you know, English is taught compulsory uh, in schools, uh, both in primary, secondary, our University uh, of Malta lectures in English. In fact, having said that, uh, there are and a lot of uh, Indian students going to Malta not to learn English, obviously, but to learn uh, subjects like uh, microelectronics, nursing, uh, caring, uh, aviation, you name it. So obviously, when the education systems are near uh, uh, to each other, as is the case between uh, Malta and India, then obviously uh, it is easier for business. I, you know, I used to be a teacher in the past, as we spoke just before, we started, uh, that's some time ago, uh, before 2007, and I believe a lot in education. Incidentally, uh, the current Minister for Foreign Affairs of Malta, uh, who took office in uh, January 2020, January, February 2020, uh, used to be uh, the Education Minister, uh, and even when he was in opposition, he used to be the spokesperson for the opposition for education. So, you know, it's it's the real time for for education to be given uh, more than it used to be, but it to, to be given a, an international uh, aspect uh, as far as as far as Malta is concerned. So to cut a long story short, when the education systems are similar, it's much easier to do business. That's the whole crux of the, of, of, of the situation. But let's talk of incentives. Let's talk of what you're offering to attract Indian business there. Exactly. So first of all, I mean, the, the, you know, given that your education is similar, then that's also a point of attraction, right? Uh, now, we are particularly specific uh, in the sense, opening, a, say, a plant or a factory in Malta may not be that easy because of the lack of land. So uh, we cannot host, say, you know, an Indian company who wants to open a, a car manufacturing uh, plant in Malta. In fact, one of our main focuses at the moment is microelectronics semiconductor companies. In fact, I've been, you know, meeting, meeting some of them here in Delhi and I'm planning to meet others in India in general. And what we are offering is a very, very uh, competitive taxation uh, system, uh, which could go down to 5%. I'm talking about microelectronic and semiconductor companies. We are also, and this is also with the help of the European Union, because the European Union in general wishes to attract more uh, semiconductor and microelectronics companies to the European Union. So this is in line with, with EU policy 100%. Um, we are also uh, offering to pay a good part of the salaries of employees uh, of semiconductor and uh, fabulous uh, companies uh, setting up shop in Malta. Now, you mentioned the golden visa. Uh, we have to be a little bit uh, careful how to speak about that. Uh, first of all, obviously, who, who Okay, uh, you know about the uh, investment by uh, 
you know, investment program which gives you the nationality of Malta. Now, you mentioned as well that, yes, uh, there were uh, issues with the European Union, but I have to remind that a nationality within the European Union is a prerogative of each and every member state. Uh, Malta was uh, very compliant and very outgoing with, with, with the European Union on all our procedures of the nationality. We're not talking about visa, we're talking about nationality, which is nationality by, by investment. Um, but then uh, there again, uh, th there is also the residence uh, in Malta, which could be attractive uh, to, to business people. In the case of India, I do understand that uh, Indian nationals are not allowed to have another nationality. So uh, for them, uh, the residency in Malta, which basically you know, gives you all the potential to travel in the European Union, uh, to live in Malta, every, everything but voting, basically. We're talking about, about the residency, uh, which obviously is usually given for potential uh, investors. Now, I mentioned the case of microelectronics and semiconductor companies, which are at the moment our, you know, real priority. Uh, I should mention as well pharmaceuticals. Uh, there is all, already, as we speak, uh, and has been there for quite some time, an Indian uh, investment in, in pharmaceuticals, Aurobindo. We are obviously also, also interested in having other in having other investments uh, in Malta. For instance, pharmaceuticals is important. Are there any opportunities yeah. for small and medium enterprises? Uh, I know high net individuals, the HNIs, are what you've been attracting. And large businesses, of course, uh, welcome in most countries of the world to set up shop. But as you know, India has a lot of new companies, startups, people who are looking at expanding their base beyond India, what is on offer for them? Well, as I said, um, we, we are actually, I agree with you, we are looking at uh, startups. We are uh, not, I mean, we are looking also at large business, but most especially uh, startups and small and medium uh, companies, which would be perfect for Malta. Now, we are also looking for administration uh, admi for, for them, not necessarily to set up shop as a, as a company, but to set up shop as an to set up their administration in Malta. For instance, the good thing about Malta is that since it's central in the Mediterranean, it's a good hub for Europe. You mentioned, you know, European Union, once that the UK has left, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But it is also a very, very good hub for North Africa and for Africa in general. Uh, Malta, Maltese businessmen have a lot of contacts, say in Libya. So let us give an example that an Indian company interested in exploring, you know, oil exploration or exportation, say, uh, to, to any of the North African countries. They could set up their administrative office in Malta and then obviously, uh, you know, obviously getting the idea that it's in a new company, uh, sorry, at a new country uh, with stable financial services. Financial services are one of our fortes. In Malta, so there is stability as well. So one can, you know, work in in say North Africa or in Africa in general, and then uh, administer the company from Malta. So that's that's another that's another possibility which I wanted to mention. Now regarding uh, what's on offer for them, as I said, uh, we have a very very competitive uh, taxation system. Uh, 
for companies uh, and for startups in Malta, it could go as low as 5%. Um, in the case of semiconductors, especially, we are even ready to pay 75% of the uh, wages of workers and also assist uh, companies in uh, registering their patents, etc., etc., in Malta. This is all not necessarily simply for, for microelectronics, it's also for pharmaceuticals, it could also be for any, for any other, uh, especially innovative investment. In fact, I would like to underline this. We are looking for innovative investments. You know, in the past, we used to think of, you know, somebody opening a factory of garments, for instance. Today, we don't, you know, it, Malta used to be well known for the production of garments and clothes in the 70s, in the 80s, and in the 90s. Now we cannot compete with countries where they have more land, more workforce, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we are really, really looking into research, into R and D, uh, research and development, research and innovation. So the more innovative the uh, the idea is, and you mentioned startups, the better for us. Uh, as I said, we're a small country, so one has to find the, the company has to find its own place. There could be an, an issue where somebody would say, listen, I mean, uh, this this investment does not make sense for Mata. We could be saying it in the first place. But just to take your point up there, the company uh, would need to do quite a bit of research, find uh, uh, perhaps a way to set up shop there or to at least find a partner or to find the incentives that are available for them to consider that place. So how should they go about it? What is your advice to them? more information, Mela, they should do so uh, by contacting, they can contact the High Commission here here in New Delhi, uh, but the most important place to go for investors in Malta is Malta Enterprise. Uh, Malta Enterprise, as I mentioned before in my interview, sometimes they do find, uh, they do locate companies themselves through their research, uh, and then they sometimes ask me to make contact with these companies. So, you know, Malta is being active in finding investment itself, like seeing what is required, because, you know, some people may not know. Uh, okay, Malta is part of the European Union. Great, uh, let's go and open this kind of uh, investment, which may not make sense for Malta or for them to have it in Malta, et cetera, et cetera. So, as I said, Malta Enterprise is looks for investment itself, but is also very, very ready to assist uh, companies uh, who want to open set up shop in Malta. So for anybody thinking of investing in Malta, they could also they could always write to us here at the High Commission, but they could go directly uh, to Malta Enterprise, uh, which can be easily, easily found in Google which can be easily Googled up and uh, which is very, very responsive. Uh, so especially if, uh, if you know, the idea uh, for business in Malta makes sense uh, for Malta and for, for, for the Maltese government. So are you likely to see a changing of certain rules um, in the near future, especially when it comes to uh, attracting business from India? Will it liberalize or is it likely to be more restrictive? No, I don't see it as being more restrictive. I think it's uh, more into what is required or what makes sense and what doesn't. I don't see us being restrictive. I mean, you know, India is definitely on the radar of the multi-enterprise. Uh, 
uh, as I told you, they're making the research themselves on the Indian market and on the potential investment uh, into my, I think it all depends on whether the idea of the investment, I mentioned semiconductor companies, which are what are really, really, really required right now in Malta. So obviously there will be a differentiation between different kinds of investments. As far as uh, microelectronics is concerned, like with their top of the top of the chart, so they will probably be getting more than you know others in other, in other fields, uh, because that's what we require at present. But I don't see restriction. I just see uh, the feasibility. So more streamlining, perhaps in the future. Hi, Commissioner Rabangauchi. Thank you so much for sharing your views with us. Thank you very very much. Thank you.